0: Welcome back to the Up Here Records podcast with Stewie and Sandy. Today's episode is featuring Nicole Canaan, a 22-year-old Salt Lake City artist signed to the Up Here Records music label. Nicole and Isaac Elmont, the person responsible for producing the entire Nicole Canaan catalog, joined us today in the studio to talk about the origins of the project, the upcoming record, my own two hands, and much more. Thanks for listening. Here's Nicole Canan. Um, well, welcome. Thank y'all for trekking all the way up here in the cold. Of course. Thank you. I'm only us.
1: ten minutes away, so that oh was really? Still a hard trek. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I trekked
0: up here in the cold though. Yo, I feel like all of up here is moving up to Salt Lake.
1: I, I'm really glad about that. Yeah, because even though I like like the how they've been bridging the gap between Provo and Salt Lake, uh, it's kind of nice to have everyone around. So
2: <laughs> You could say it's nice to have everyone up here. <laughs>
1: oh my God, yeah. We're cutting
2: that out. <laughs> Not a, no puns. Up. No puns on the podcast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay,
0: so I wanted to start out with um, what kind of music did both of you listen to and what did you grow up with?
1: Um, I literally I have a list because I I have had people ask me this before and I have a hard time remembering <laughs> but I have like a, a lot of different a very big range because my pops strictly listen to Christian rock and so that's all I listened to with him and <laughs> then my mom showed me like Shania Twain, Alanis Morissette, <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield, uh, The Pocketful of Sunshine, you know? Of course. Oh, hell yeah.
2: I was listening to that last night.
1: So. It's so good. Yeah, it's I so good. I listen to it every night. It's a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then my brothers, like, I just basically stole all of their, like, iTunes downloaded stuff that they had. And that was, like, The Shins and Panic at the Disco mm. and Tally Hall um, and Coconut Records and The Kooks. That was a big one, too. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was the kind of uh the range I was getting. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I had a much more limited range until I got to the point where I was like finding music for myself. When I was when I was like a kid, my whole range was probably just like anything from the eighties across the board. It's like A C D C for my dad, but also like weirdly, he was also really into things like the Smiths and like. New order or something. And then the other side of the spectrum was like, I don't know, my mom with what you'd expect just on like some new wave greatest hits soundtrack nice. or something. And then probably mixed in with that was just whatever uh, early 2000s music my older sister would have been listening to at the time.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel like um, this answer to this question all just depends on. Where people are, uh, like, as far as um, the order…
5: Generationally?
0: Well, no, well, I mean, yes, but, like, if you're the youngest, oh, if you're yeah. the oldest kid. Because if you're, like, the oldest kids, it's, like, they get all their music from their parents. And then the youngest kids, they get all their music from their older siblings. Yeah, yeah yes.
1: and I'm the youngest of four brothers. So, yeah, I just yeah. I wow. stole that. Yeah. All of that.
2: <laughs> yeah. The, the iTunes library theft is… a I I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was,
1: like, stealing already, like, stolen music, too. Because my brother would just illegally download 100%. stuff, too. And then I was, like, download <laughs> to my iPod. Uh, <laughs> and I actually did… I found my old iPod Touch the other day and, like, plugged it in. Oh, hell yeah. And that's, like, how I even, like, remembered all of this stuff that I was listening to. Because I kind of forgot, to be honest. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's very broken. But I… It's got a lot of good stuff on there. Nice.
2: Does it have wow. any of like the misnamed like MP3s? Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of like yeah, yeah. like
1: mm, like MP3 seven four eight two like the random yeah. numbers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I have to like click on it to find out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Damn, I never got the iPod Touch. I had like the lame Nano because there was the yeah. there was the first Loser. Nano yeah. with like the spinny <laughs> thing on it. Yeah. I had the I had the like you know, like janky Apple watch.
3: Millennial. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. The really small yeah. one you
0: The about. colored,
2: like yeah. it had like, it was like blue or something like It like that.
0: didn't last for, mine was gray. Yeah. And then I put it through the wash. Yeah. that's classic. You're not supposed uh, to do that actually.
4: Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: really?
4: Wow. Did those, did those have the little clip on the back so you could like yeah. clip
2: it to your waistband yeah. or whatever? No, yeah. No,
5: yeah. yeah. cool. The thing is that makes sense and I need that do
2: yeah. so, no, yeah. mm-hmm. you remember the necklace one that what had like the- a rope necklace and it was you just a USB that. drive that's not
5: real no, <laughs> I, I've no. never seen that it Wait, was what
2: oldest. I had older brothers that's that were like way older than me <laughs> no the, the, the first like apple shuffle had like no you know it had like four buttons and it was just like a USB drive that went on your neck.
5: Are you a time traveler? <laughs> Weird. No. It, was, it was really
2: bad. And it, you, you couldn't tell what songs were coming up ever. I don't know. There was yeah. I mean, You never really could with the shuffles. You could be making this
0: up You have a computer right in would, front of you. I would have yeah. no idea. This is like bringing back so much. The,
4: the iPod generation is yeah. just… Uh... It's
0: Yo, real though. It's like a subconscious influence.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure. You know? Yeah. I feel like the, yeah. I can definitely tell with Isaac the 80s influence for sure. And Isaac showed me a lot of 80s music. Like I'd never listened to Kate Bush like before Isaac… Um, before Stranger
4: Things? Before Stranger
1: Things. Love Stranger <laughs> things. Before, yeah before Isaac um, told me to. And uh, I just kind of take any recommendation that Isaac sent my way. So he kind of showed me all the
5: the I'm good flattered.
0: stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very flattered. Yeah. I need these playlists, Isaac.
5: <laughs> Wait. That makes sense. Okay… I have a confession. Yeah. Miss Nicole, <laughs> I've only ever seen you live, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's only by happenstance. I never had really gone out of my way to listen to your music, despite yeah. it, you know, kind of popping up every single day on my feed socially. <laughs> <laughs> and I listened to party people And I was like, holy fucking shit. I added to a playlist immediately. Second thought was, as we're having this conversation, was I immediately see the 80s influences within this song. Like, immediately. And I admire it because I, myself, am drawn to it. I was just like, wow. Isn't that incredible to see your young age as being inspired within
1: your adult craft? Isn't that so cool? It is really, it's really cool. And thank you for noticing those, too. Yeah, (laughs) I did, like, listen to a little 80s. Like, but I was more like, the pop 80s like billy idol sort of thing oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah but um yeah i think like me and isaac's like combined influences just kind of lead us to that um that feeling behind it instill it with it being my own kind of music but
4: yeah, yeah i was just going to say that we and i mean we might get Okay, is there a trash can in here? I have a piece of gum in and I'm trying to like hold it we up. Actually, my we actually don't have trash cans. But uh, I don't want to be chewing on the mic. In, swallow it. We, yeah. we don't believe in, it. in that. I'm going to swallow <laughs> it on the mic. This yeah, is, we... <laughs> mic. This yeah, is we... <laughs> a swallowing house. Okay. I know. Uh, it. Yeah, don't
2: yeah, why, why? We'll go hit, you, you actually we'll actually I, grab that. I, I
3: swallowed that. it. He actually swallowed it. I
2: swallowed my gum. I actually swallowed it. Well that wasn't
4: meant Um happen. What was I saying? Here we are. Um. Oh yeah. I was going to say with the feeling even i guess we might end up talking more in depth about like influences on the album but i would say like just like taking the 80s for example even past like the the very surface level like aesthetic of like whatever textures or like instruments a lot of like what we got from the 80s was the drama like we i feel like every single session we were always just asking ourselves like how can we make this moment like more dramatic you know and yeah. and Nico mentioned Kate Bush that was a big that's oh, always yeah. like a big draw for that you that's know That's exactly
5: what I was thinking yeah. yeah
4: yeah so it's more even like you know there's like there's like an emotion like an over the topness of everything from that era that you know I love so much and I think that we were able to kind of draw from that
1: Yeah and that's actually I forgot to mention too like a big thing I listened to growing up with some musicals and like I was a theater kid unfortunately <laughs> but it actually did influence me a lot with songwriting because it like basically musicals are just like singing whatever you're feeling like in the moment and that's how they write the songs and so I think that's how I've tried to make my music in the least cringy way possible is like really dramatic yeah. um and mixing that with other things. Wait, wait, <laughs> yeah. wait.
5: I have to just, like, intersect
1: yeah. really quickly, and we'll go right
5: back to the topic, because yeah. that's incredible. Um, Glee, have you seen it?
1: Oh, yeah, I've Absolutely, seen I know yeah. you've seen it. Yeah. Favorite episode? Okay, so actually, funny thing, I haven't seen all of it. Okay, um, first
5: three seasons are all that matters. Have you seen okay.
1: that? I've seen the first two seasons, basically, at this point, but mostly I... When I was younger, I just used to look up the gay scenes because I was curious. Gay? Yeah, I was always looking
3: up. <laughs> right. I was always like Britney searching. And yeah,
1: Britney <laughs> Santana like full love story clips on YouTube, Classic. and then I would like watch the whole thing. So I know their whole story. I know what happens with them. Yeah, and then. <laughs> and so then the Britney I, episode might
5: be your favorite.
1: The Britney episode is actually, I think, was life-altering and changed (laughs) the chemistry in my brain because I already was a huge Britney Spears fan at that point, too. Oh, That was another really… It's their best episode. It's so good. Also, the Britney Spears toxic music video… I think that inspired me musically and sexually. And favorite musical. Go ahead. (laughs) Favorite
3: musical.
5: We need to normalize musicals amongst people. Okay, thank you. That's really nice. (laughs) I'm a Um, closeted, but not also. I'm like half in, half out. People who think I'm hot don't know I listen to musicals. People who don't... People who no longer find me attractive know I listen to musicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to disclose
1: it as soon as possible. So it's not
5: like… Just
3: get it out of the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: no, but my favorite musical is Heather's, the musical, you know, based oh, off shit. the
3: movie. No. <laughs> <true>. Oh my. <laughs>
1: and, uh, and there's also a musical based off of Carrie. And it's actually really good. And that's my other favorite musical. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. They both you... like rock musicals. Wow. It's great. No, nice. I was like, this is a very particular… Yeah. Oh, I'm a musical connoisseur. How, I, I forgot my favorite one is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I don't know how I forgot about that. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Is Hedwig that the one Darren Angry
5: Chris? Uh, what was that? Darren Chris or no? Um, no. That's Neil not Patrick, Patrick
1: Potter. Harris did… <laughs> <laughs> actually did it on, like, Broadway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 um, yeah.
1: The owl, right? Yeah, we're like Hedwig? Yeah. Yeah. Hed- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like a… It's actually an old a really old movie. Not that old. I think it was like 90s or something. 80s or 90s. Um, and it's like about um, a trans woman's like experience. And uh, it was like pretty like revolutionary for like the time it came out and shit. It's really good. It's another rock musical. I would highly suggest watching the movie. Uh, it's great. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah.
4: amazing. amazing. Yeah. So the, yeah. the, the movie is pick. old and the, yeah. the musical is more recently adapted?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the movie… No. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure the movie was first. But I don't know. I'm not that like much of I don't have that much knowledge. That's but. incredible. I feel like I have to research this now. Yeah. I will. Like yeah.
5: tonight. Yeah. 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 Dude,
1: I think if, if you like musicals, you'll you'll like that one.
0: Okay. You mentioned that you were a theater kid. Uh yep. so I wanted to ask y'all about when did you start like playing, performing, learning music in your early years and what did that look like? I feel like for everyone it's different where, you know, you like are in theater, or you're in choir, or you're in band, or you just take piano lessons, or you teach yourself via YouTube. Um, But like, how did that turn into writing your own music?
1: Yeah, for for me, like I was writing stuff really early on, like bad stuff. Like I literally, but there's like videos of me on like my home computer singing original songs from when I was like eight, and they're really bad. They're like ones like the words like love, loves in the air, loves everywhere, like that kind of shit. But I was like, (laughs) I was like, I just as early as I remember, I was like wanting to express myself that way. Probably because my whole family, like everyone's musicians. So it was just like kind of uh, natural to dive into that. Um, But yeah, then my brother taught me ukulele. Um, I knew piano a little bit before um but yeah he taught me that and it was like really easy to write songs with the ukulele you know it's obviously a super easy instrument and um so then like just kind of uh yeah started writing about my my feelings because i was very angsty very early on so i like felt like i needed to to get it out um so i just kind of just started trying to do that um yeah and then just kept doing it since i was like 12 like serious like kept really trying
3: yeah
4: yeah oh yeah i don't know i mean i feel like at first it was just like the usual like forced into piano lessons and then i took piano lessons for a while and then i feel like i don't know maybe i can't generalize and say everybody but most people taking piano get to a point where they're like well the guitar is like so much cooler than the piano why can't i be learning guitar or you know so I had that moment and then also I remember when I when I started learning piano I had to learn the basics and I had to learn like hymns that's all that I had to learn and yeah. I was like <laughs> yep. I was like okay I don't want to be just learning this music so then I got to the point where I was like okay I I just want to be done and then just started like learning whatever songs I wanted I got into like a really big folk rock Right. Kick yeah, that's, in middle yeah. school. S- <laughs> yeah. Specifically <laughs> Mumford and Sons. Specifically Mufford and Sons. And that was like honestly that was like the first music that like I was kind of like, "Oh, I could I could write my own music like this because it's like, you know, it's it's easy to make like an impactful song or whatever." You were 12 years old well, wait a thinking second. that. So yeah. That's what, awesome. What year was this? <laughs> was
0: so impressive. 2012, what Right years, I guess.
1: 2013. What do you were say, you I born? don't actually.
4: I don't know how old y'all are. We're
1: both. uh I'm
4: 22. Yeah, we're both 22.
1: Okay,
4: cool. Yeah, young. Yeah. Nice. How old are all of you? Uh,
1: 22.
5: <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm 23, and then White, white just turned 24. He's the yeah. old man shouldn't in the room. Done that.
5: I want to be like you one
0: day. That. It was a <laughs> huge that. mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I would not recommend it. Wow. Okay, because no. wait a second. That's like around when Mumford and Sons didn't they win a Grammy around then? They oh, am yes. I crazy?
4: Like they, that, I feel like they, that was like the
0: height of Mumford and
4: Sons. That was the height of Mumford and Sons, and in return, the height of like all of the bands that came on the Mumford wave, like yeah. Lumineers, <laughs> and like uh, there was like that Philip Phillips song, and like oh, so many oh things.
3: Phillip but Phillips. but
4: I I rode that Mumford wave all the way through pretty much the end of high school, almost to the end of high school. Yeah,
1: it was a good wave, long wave. It yeah. was wave. it was a long <laughs> wave,
4: and that that wave. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing looking back now, like how fixated I was on that. But <laughs> that was like, yeah. I mean, that was like, I was in, I had that band for forever. Which Joe, Joe of Jump Monk, you're you're, you're, <laughs> you're Jump not- Monk. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. I was gonna bring this up in the podcast. I was wondering if I should bring this up when I just got here, but I was like, this might be good entertainment value. I'm gonna save it. He's exposing. I Joseph feel like and uh, <laughs> uh-huh. you're, you're exposing have, my dark past. <laughs> I I feel like I have a memory of competing against Jump Monk.
1: Oh my god! In
4: high Wait. school, Battle of the Bands.
2: Yo, crazy! Oh really? Yeah. Wait okay, a second. Okay. So my second.
4: band, wow. my band, we would have we would have I guess been at like regionals and then. Did you it okay. was, so 2017 so I did the
0: high school Well, it was like run by the state of Utah like Yeah what? yeah the, I remember the, I remember the, the finals were PTA like Battle of the
4: Bands yeah Warwick PTA Battle
3: Tabernacle
0: of the
4: Bands
5: yeah.
3: Choir <laughs>
4: <auditions>. <laughs> yeah that well that was where you got that, to it was kind of So
5: when you win the competition you are immediately considered for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, but that, you, it, in- it depends on your purity scale. <laughs> and so that depends, again, on your lineage and uh, who your parents are and their parents and uh, if they're related to lamonites right. etc. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Anyways, though, wait, this is crazy because, yeah, I, I did that twice. The first I did it with my, a buddy's band. The first band I ever played in, they were called Four Mute. Mute. It was my friend Andrew and he asked me to play bass and I was horrible at bass. <laughs> not great at bass and we we made it to the region one. Because yeah, I'm not uh-huh. sure which... Do you know if it was the region or the state one?
4: It would have been both. In 2017 both at least we were at both of them. Okay.
0: Anyways, this band Four Mute, made it to region and there were like 13 other bands and we came in last. We lost. They and tell you if you're such, last? That they did that year, I, that I think.
3: <laughs> fucked up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but just, we came in last and like... <laughs> We like had such a horrible performance. And after that, I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to start my own band and we're going to win this oh, whole wait, thing. Wait, so what,
4: what year would this have been
0: then? So, this okay. So that was, 20, for that was 2015. <laughs> 2015. And then, yeah. Then 2017, 17. 2016. I feel like it like spanned a few months. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I started Jump Monk in 2016. Yeah. And then, yeah. That's crazy. Wait, what, okay. what was your band's okay. name?
4: I, I'm really exposing myself here on air.
5: Um, uh, Mumford and Sons,
4: too. Do it live. Okay, it was it was for all intents and purposes Mumford and Sons too, but it was called <laughs> it was called Urban Saints, <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah, the most like pretentious folk rock. I, I don't I know. I thought they were cool. I, don't, like I thought cool. they were well, cool. Well, I mean, I would
5: tattoo Urban Saints on thought,
4: my back. We thought we were cool too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like a little too much. I don't know. I I remember like I don't I don't know if you remember us. No, it's no, I oh, take dude, no offense I, if you don't remember. So I, feel I, had like, I don't I, remember. I, I, so <laughs> I I sang and played guitar, and had like a kick drum, like straight up Marcus Mumford. I had a kick drum. We didn't have like Yo, a drum kit. Yeah, and we went so, we went to so state folk in 2017, <laughs> and we were just so we were just so like, like oh man, like all these all these indie kids like acting like they don't care. We're just gonna like be like so like earnest and like angsty about it, and just like just so. I don't know, and I guess that was our vibe, and I guess it was fine, you know. Like we had we had fun doing it, but yeah, I remember Jump Monk. I remember I'm some so of the other bands, low. some of the other bands. Anyways, are- uh, okay, you, so you at state?
0: Do you remember the yeah. band that won? Because Jump Monk, we got second. We I almost um, I almost lived my you know my fourteen year old dream of winning yeah.
3: <laughs> of winning
4: the state one, but we got second.
3: Yeah. This,
0: do you remember who it was?
4: It was. Uh, it wasn't that uh Junkyard brass, right? Or was no, it? No, a... that would have
0: been cooler. No, they were called Peanut Butter Octopus. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, when we were so we were so pissed off. And yeah, dude. And then looking back now, because then after that, like Jump Monk, we put out our album, and we're you know we're starting. To play more shows again. We're working on album two right now. But like I feel like I've never heard of peanut butter octopus yeah, since. No, no, I <laughs> remember. I
4: being super pissed about that too. Like, how They're does a band Maroon with that 5 name? Now. Win? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember yeah, they, they changed names. I we won we won uh the audience vote that night. Mm, oh wow Congeniality. So, that's maybe more so, important.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> We, we
5: oh so this is the electoral like, mm-hmm. college of indie bands it, yeah you were Hillary
4: we we were Hillary I mean, we I were, said it. I we, were uh, me. <laughs> I'm we were Hillary. we were Hillary with a kick drum basically <laughs> that was also kind of the end of I don't know if we just like got satisfied or if I got satisfied I was like okay I guess I don't need to do the folk rock thing anymore but that kind of just
2: those end that of was kind folk. of the
4: end of urban saints like right. we maybe did a couple things after that but not not to the extent of the
2: mm.
4: This is all because of Peanut Butter Octopus. Peanut Butter Octopus.
2: <laughs> if
3: you're out there, if peanut you're out octopus, there, Peanut Butter if you're Octopus. Out there, if you're listening, <laughs> we're you're coming there, for you. <laughs> Hope on that you're the doing podcast. well. Next. Our next guest on
0: the podcast,
3: Peanut
2: Butter Octopus. They're actually okay. here. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. Look at your seats. I feel like.
0: This was way too much about me, though. This is, I wanted to ask, how did y'all meet and how did y'all start making music together? We went to elementary school together.
3: Yeah. Really? We did. Whoa, wow. crazy.
1: Yeah. And we kind of lived nearby each other, too. We were in the same, like, stake and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we we met in elementary school. We played Foursquare together. Yep. We started talking business at the Foursquare.
4: <laughs> was it like, Fifth or sixth grade. I, yeah, we I only had like grade. one year together, I think. But we we yeah. still knew of each other most of the time. Yeah, or and
1: then yeah, and then we went to the, the same time. middle school, same yeah. high school, yeah. and then like we both kind of started separately doing our own music things. While twenty seventeen, Isaac was doing his Urban Saints thing. I was making my Mac DeMarco cover yeah. on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> hell yeah! I mean, I was writing some pretty like. Shitty stuff at that point. And I tried to… Like we were going to collab on a YouTube video together. Yeah. Like make one together. We tried to like sing it together Bird one song, time.
4: right? No, not Birdsong. No, song. It,
1: was, it was one I don't even remember the name of… Because it was really bad. It was like a very cheesy love song. Um, and yeah. And we… That didn't end up happening. Um, and then we only really started working on music together after high school. Yeah. In 2019. Like a year after we graduated. Isaac was just… Um, Isaac reached out to me because I was posting some stuff on SoundCloud and um, which also don't look up my SoundCloud either.
4: <laughs> Quick joke <laughs> but, in the show notes, maybe. But, Link in the show
3: notes.
1: <laughs> but uh, but Isaac like reached out to me and was like, hey, like I wanna be a producer. I like what have been posting on SoundCloud. Like, is there anything like you want to produce? Like uh, you wanna get produced? Um, and I had been wanting to make um, like, an EP for a while. Like, i had been sitting on quite a few songs for, like, a couple years, so.
4: It felt, like, unfinished, I guess. Like, since that never ended up working out, that collab, I was like, we got to work on something together. And then I guess, yeah, yeah, when I was hearing your stuff on SoundCloud, it just kind of seemed like a a good time. Because, yeah, you're right. At that point, I would have transitioned more towards, like, being interested in, you know, Recording other people. Production.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'd always like… And like I've told Isaac this… Uh, like quite a few times. But I'd always like admired what Isaac was doing… In high school because like…
4: In- Loved the urban scene.
1: <laughs> I did. No. And like Isaac was recording his own solo music. So I'd already heard like… That he was good at recording. Like it was pretty crazy to me… That anyone my age was like… Recorded something and put it on like Spotify and stuff. I was like that's so cool. Because I was too nervous to basically do anything. I'd like done like the talent show in high school once with like an original song but mostly like sharing my music was very scary so i yeah really admired isaac for being able to do that and i knew like yeah collabing with him would be the the right push for me in the the right direction so yeah that's how we that's how we got started
0: Wow! Yeah. Yeah. It all started how many foursquare? How many yeah. people and bands can say that they go back to elementary school? That's pretty crazy.
1: It's pretty. That's I, cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and Isaac's always been a sweetheart through throughout our whole lives.
4: You're just flattering me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So nice.
1: If
0: it's you true. if you get anything from this, go listen to the Urban Saints. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <coughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. If, yeah. If only if That's, there might be some stuff on YouTube. If only there was. <laughs> if only there was anything inside, actually recorded.
0: I actually no. I I was literally like. You know, in a non-joking way, I I actually am curious if y'all have stuff on Spotify because I'm like, yo, I want to like go back to 2017. No,
4: no, we we started recording it because I guess in like the middle of Urban Saints, I don't know, maybe even the beginning of Urban Saints, I was already kind of more interested into recording stuff. But then we tried recording things a lot of times, and then it just never, you know. Because I mean, I'm talking about like recording. Into GarageBand on my phone, basically. Like, Steve you know, Lacey was did trying it. To, yeah. Yeah. Steve, you know, but like the problem was we weren't Steve Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was, it was that's always, that's right. it always comes Mufferin down to sons. that, doesn't it? We were Mumford and <laughs> Sons. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I want to get more into the music um, and more into the process, both from a writing and recording standpoint. I mean, everything, mixing, concept. I mean, you mentioned a little bit this new record, My Own Two Hands. It's got the drama from the 80s. But just like, I don't know. I want to dive deep into that. So like, and this, (laughs) let's see, the latest single Party Person, incredible by the way, on all fronts, songwriting, production, mix, you know, all done by these two human beings, by the way. It's true. (laughs) Um. Yeah, Our so hands. Hands. Yeah. give us some context. This is the first release for like what? A year and like a few months? Yeah.
1: Has
4: it really been that it's long? It's really
1: been that long, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, some context. Like, uh, like the process and stuff and everything.
4: Yeah, I mean
1: yeah.
0: so for, specifically for Party Person, like I'd love oh. to hear more like what that's about. But also just for the record in general, you know… Because yeah. this is the only single for, like, the next music that's coming from the Nicole Canan machine is the album.
1: That's true.
4: In yeah. a couple weeks. Yeah. Not even that far out. Yeah,
1: I decided to just do one single and then just throw the album out there. Um, the process for recording the song, though, is, like, I, I wrote the chorus first, like, literally three years ago, like, after the breakup. Like, it was kind of my first time messing around with guitar really more because I'm not very good at guitar. I'm, I'm still learning it. Um, so… I yeah, I messed around with that with an electric guitar. My friend was like letting me borrow. And I sent it to um my drummer, um Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. I love him. And I sent it to him and I was like, This is kinda like really different for me, but I think I really like it and like I I wanna finish it. And um yeah, and he like really loved it. So and then I started doing live shows more and it pushed me to like finish writing it. Um and yeah, and then I just I didn't make a demo for it really like a really in detail demo which is what I usually do um, but yeah because me and Isaac for this album and for this single we decided to try to just be more like collaborative on the production It tried to be like less planned about it and less formal about yeah. it because I kind of tend to do that and I wanted to be more open to just kind of letting the production go where it took us uh, together so yeah we just that's the first uh, song we recorded from this album and we just started with that and the Isaac came up with the really pretty synth string, like, opening. And we just, like, yeah, took it from there.
4: Yeah, and that one, I mean, Party Person had been kind of, like, a a live staple. Like, a song that you'd been doing live already for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, of all the songs on the album, that and maybe, like, one or two others were, like, the most, like, fleshed out jammed out, performed, figured out of all of them.
3: Yeah,
1: and it it was crazy because people were like actually waiting for this one because anything else I put out before this, no one knew who I was or like, and they'd never even heard the songs yet. But I've been playing this one for like about a year before I even recorded it. So I, (laughs) yeah, everyone was like, um, not everyone, but some people were excited about it and um, waiting for it to come out. Um, Yeah, and then also we did like run into some issues. We ended up like adding like extra sections that i had never played live because the problem with me not making a demo for it at first is that when we started recording it I was like bam I actually hate the formation of this song like I do not like how this sounds so we had to like add some some extra parts (laughs) into it which was uh, kind of a hassle but it worked out but
4: yeah it ended up being kind of nice because it ended up kind of was that that was the first song that we recorded too right that was kind of us just getting like back into the the workflow yeah i guess together yeah, since
1: we hadn't been recording yeah. for like a year so,
4: so it was actually kind of fun like having to figure out like where to chop sections and add things in and stuff you know
1: uh and this is also the first um electric guitar song i've ever recorded so it was definitely like um way more difficult for me to figure out what i like with that um and like i was saying i don't really play guitar so i don't have um I don't have as, like, strong opinions about, like, tones and stuff. And we actually, like, brought in Cade um, from Transmitter. X X (laughs) toothpicks now Transmitter. to, To help us with the tones because I, like, sometimes I feel like I'm just not up to that level of most guitarists where they have, like, such specific opinions on how they feel about their guitar tones. And I just feel like I don't know. Um... And I'm willing to admit that because I'm I'm just uh, I'm still learning with guitar stuff. So that was definitely like a learning curve for me. I don't and and also I realized I had to play so much better than I was playing live. Like hearing it the guitar recorded, I was like, oh my god, I've not been playing very well. Like I actually need to like get my shit together and like do it do like a good performance for the take. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was definitely new for me. Yeah, because before this, I was only basically recording synths, like and um, keyboard for the and, last thing,
4: and some some lead guitar, and but some lead like, guitar, like like lead yeah. electric, but like no like no no electric is something that was actually like filling out the song. It was more yeah. just kind of like on top. Yeah, after the fact
1: and some ukulele but some ukulele. i don't do that i guess anymore.
4: <laughs>
1: um but yeah it was it was a challenge a little bit and the vocals were some for some reason really hard to get for this cuz um and in, in my last EP2 all of my vocals are pretty um i would say like more mild like i i sing kind of softer um i but doing live performances for like the past year and a half i really discovered like more of my performing voice and my like range and so this was kind of the first song I was really performing where I was like belting and we've never had to record that before so that was kind of a, a new thing to learn too but I think we did I think we did a good job
4: yeah yeah and, and it kind of set the tone for for the whole album yeah in that way yeah
0: to me um, the vocal performance on the song is just like so like heart-wrenching. Thank you. In such an incredible way. Yeah, it's I, incredible. And it's, it's I don't know. Drama. Like that was the first thing that stood out to me. That and then like me being a nerd about, you know, the production side of things. I have to ask you, Isaac. Um, yeah. What do you have going on on the drums? Because to me, so- they sound so cool. Uh, and they've got like just the perfect amount of like smash yeah. to them. And like yeah. perfect amount of saturation.
4: So in my studio, I have this old like broadcast console that basically it's like, it's got, Ah, it's got like jealous. It's got like, (laughs) like pre's on every channel that sound great. And like, that's where like a lot of the crunch is coming from is driving Ah, those pre's doesn't have any EQ or anything. Um, So it's like, I mean, I can't remember the whole chain, but it was just pretty much like a lot of, a lot of the drum tone on most of the album, including that song was just from like, yeah, just barely pushing it. To, to that point on there. And then I also have a um, you know like the the task cam TSR eight. It's like a eight track half inch tape machine that I we didn't we didn't track any drums to it live this time but like
0: reamp on it.
4: Everything, yeah, just got bounced to the tape machine and then put back into Pro Tools. So it was a combination of both of those things on there.
0: Hell yeah. That's the way to do it. That's how um Umo, you know a No more orchestra. Like oh yeah, everything on all of his songs is run through a tape machine like at least two times.
4: It's awesome. Yeah,
0: and it
2: sounds so
4: good. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, oh man,
2: yeah. it's well. I'm I,
4: so someday I'll have one.
2: It adds like a depth to it. You know,
4: it adds a depth, and even like aside from the, even aside from the sound, which this is like a a touchy subject i guess like the the analog versus digital thing right for people into that but like if you're just doing it for the sound it's getting to the point where there's like a lot of like plugins and stuff in the box that can do it almost as good or just as good which mixed with the just how much easier everything is and not having to worry about maintenance and like cleaning the tape heads and all these things or you know something shorting in the in the connection like it's almost if it's just for the sound to me it's almost not worth it it's like all of those decisions and why in general i like working out of the box as much as possible it really comes down to workflow mostly it's like the sound is great like i love the sound i'm not saying that i don't and i think it's getting more and more this way i don't know if the sound is different enough to justify like what comes along with it
0: you know interesting we well, got yeah, and like the tangibleness of yeah analog gear. yeah
4: the inconsistency too like the human element yeah. you know of every time you play it back even if you're just re recording it back into the computer like every time you play it back there might be something slightly different with it you know that just yeah. happens to be there so yeah
0: yeah. Damn, that's dope. I feel like I I could just nerd out about all of my analog gear envy uh, <laughs> with you this whole time, but we got more questions, so uh,
4: we'll talk sometime.
0: <laughs> I'm <out. laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I'm manifesting some good analog gear for you. Mm-hmm. I oh, hope you thank, get you. Some. Yeah. thank you, thank
0: <laughs> you. You know, before I die.
1: Yeah, maybe sooner than Sometime that. Sometime yeah. between <laughs> now and then, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. With that being said though, okay. I obviously want, you know, tape machines and an analog console and all this stuff. But also people that are too obsessed with gear bother me.
1: And at you the end do. of the yeah, day, I'm sure we've talked about yeah. that a lot. I'm yeah. like an
0: anti-snob <laughs> with gear. Like I hate it when someone's like, oh, you know. If you want a drum sound that actually sounds like the real deal, you need at least eight mics and you need the ribbon mics on the overheads. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you at least have to spend at least a thousand dollars on and I'm just like, shut up. I know. Shut up. Like my drums sound way cooler than yours. And yeah. I did them with and, three dynamic mics yeah. Yeah. in a like, closet. Okay. You said-
1: snobs too like kind of takes away the part of music that's like up to circumstance like right. you just yeah. can't like not all of us have shit like that so you just do it with, with what you have and what well, you can yeah. do. They're,
4: they're kind of missing the point. They're like focusing on the wrong thing and honestly yeah. even like outside of gear just production too in general like if you're thinking that like the production or the tones on a song are what makes it good you're just like you're missing the point completely. The only headspace you should be in when you're thinking about the production side of things, is just like furthering what's already there to have its like maximum impact or to like I make sure that potential. make sure that it lands, make sure that it yeah. gets the point across. But if you're like, I mean, any of Nico's songs, if you if you listen to the demos like off of your phone, like already it's just an incredible song. And it already has the emotion there. Production or gear or how it's recorded isn't gonna make a bad song good. And I don't even think it's gonna make a good song great. It's like if you already have a great song, which all of Nico's songs are already great and beyond. It's like that's when the magic can happen because you can just like you know push it that much further than it already is. It's once it's already at that point, you know.
0: Hundred thousand percent agree. Like you can't save a bad song with the best production in the world, whatever that is. With, with a good <laughs> snare tone, like I feel like that yeah, doesn't even exist. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah, no, a hundred percent. DJ Khaled
5: at the beginning. <laughs> DJ Khaled
2: <laughs> making the song great that should be
1: happening on some up here records DJ That's Khaled actually, have they reached I out to him? Yeah, yeah I didn't want to give it away already but he's actually featured on a track
3: track 9 <laughs> yeah. I forgot actually, track 9, nine. Yes. Yes. So.
0: track 9 we
5: <laughs> we know <laughs>
2: You heard it here first. Wilson, Exclusive Caller. on the Up Here <laughs> podcast. I think, it's just like, I think it's just like, you know, bad produ- producers that like blame their tools and buy better tools. And that's why that whole situation happens. Yeah. Well, it was like compensating. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's like-, like big re-
0: like Republican guys like getting the biggest truck. Biggest truck. <laughs> <laughs>
5: that's what you mean. <laughs> that's what you mean. I know. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh Kilby Block Party. Yes. 2022. I was
3: there.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, and you <laughs> played on the same stage as Mac DeMarco and Holy Phoebe shit. Bridgers. I mean,
3: and crazy. so many, I mean,
0: like those are those were just the two biggest headliners, but so many incredible artists. Yeah. Um I just wanted to hear more like what that experience was like and yeah, just like your feelings about it and and uh yeah. you know how that came about.
1: I feel like I should tell like how I found out I was playing Kilby Block Party just because it like it was kind of funny to me because it was like just, I was doing this show at Quarters and this like person that I had a crush on was there. Um, they were they came to my show and they were like sitting with me at this little like booth before I was going on. And one of the SNS guys, I don't know which one, literally don't know his name, uh, but he came, he came up… They're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> he came up to me and like in front of this person I had a crush on was like… Guess what? Like you're gonna be playing at the same festival that Phoebe Bridgers at is at at Kilby Block party, and like I felt so they like he made me look so cool in front of this person, and they asked me on a date after that, and I think hey, there you go.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. best
5: wingman ever. Yeah. Come find me, <laughs> Thank please. You, <laughs> I need you.
1: Thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like freaking out, and then um, yeah, then the whole experience was like it was pretty great. Like um, I. I thought I would be a lot more nervous than I was like… But they were pretty organized and like… All of the people working were so nice and like… Just making sure I had everything I needed. Um, and yeah, I was first. I played first of like the nine-hour day where like… And like pe- and Phoebe Bridges was last that day. And right. like there were like girls who came to the barricade… <laughs> right as I, I was yeah, I know them. getting on. <laughs> yeah, like for yeah. Phoebe and… Um, But it was actually really sweet. Like, it turned out some of them were there for me. Like, there were a few girls in the front who were like singing along to one of my songs. And that was like crazy. And had your shirts. And And had my, yeah. yeah. And like, I kept seeing like kids wearing my shirts, like walking around. And I, and like, kids would come up to me and like just tell me that they really like love my stuff. And that was just so sweet and crazy. And everyone was really nice. Um, So, yeah, it's the only thing I'm upset about is, I did not understand that there were free drinks at the artist lounge and I was paying for beers the whole time. I Whoa. could have been getting free drinks.
2: <laughs> no. You know, those are like the super expensive. They beers. were like the yeah. $9, yeah.
1: Like $500 beer. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: I fucked up so bad. <laughs> maybe, you,
4: maybe you can still have your credit for next time. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, forward it to next tell show. them yeah. about or Just,
0: that. just have, tokens. Uh, yeah. Someone from SNS is listening to this. You got to send Nico a check. Reimbursement check. I spent so much money on the bandwidth. Yeah, yeah,
1: I was was just, I don't, I was kind of running around like crazy that day trying to like see all the, you know, see all the artists that were performing and uh, see all the people that all my friends had like come there for me. Um, Yeah, it was really sweet though. Also, Piper um, from Tomper. (laughs) <laughs> was I like… your when- Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Up Here Mom. I love her. When I was playing, I like looked over like… And I… S- she just had like tears streaming <sighs> down her face. And it was so oh, sweet. And then, so amazing. Well, yeah. And then I can't remember if it was like… My mom hugged either Tom or Brady and I think it was Tom, yeah. My mom and Tom like embraced and like cried together and then my brother came up and cried. So many so much crying wow. and it was great. I'm I'm a big crier, so that makes sense. But yeah, it was just like it was really cool to be able to do that. Beautiful um, moment. Beautiful moments. Yeah. Like it's really cool that, that that they have that here and uh they got so many amazing artists too.
0: Yeah. yeah. That was my first Nicole Cannan show. Was it actually. really? Yeah. Oh my God. what? Did like? was, oh, it was incredible. I was blown away. This man's yeah. late. No, yeah. Fishing for coffee. Very late to the party. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, okay, and then along with that, so another thing that has happened in the recent past is the… Pacific Northwest tour Yeah, with the Plastic Cherries. And so. Yeah. and was this the first time that Nicole Cannan has been on the road?
1: That was my first time. And it was literally like the best time of my life. Like it was only like a four-day tour. It was really like short. Um, but it was so fun. The Plastic Cherries were awesome. And they like literally put it all together. Like we didn't even really have to do a thing. Like for planning, we just like… They just told us what was going on, and we just jumped on in, Um, and it was the first time I'd ever been—so yeah, we went to Boise, and then we went to Portland, Oregon, and then we went to um, Seattle, and it was the first time I'd ever been to literally any of those places, Um, and yeah, it was just so fun. It felt crazy that I was, like, seeing places I'd never been to before, and I was like, I get to play a show, like— in this city like tonight. like another, It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And like… Even though like the shows like weren't like the biggest or anything… It was still really fun. Um, The only not fun part was when my, <laughs> my drummer's back window got smashed into in oh, Seattle. No. <laughs> Literally like he left his car for 10 minutes and he came back and it was smashed. Same, and...
4: same oh. Kyle that got the shout out before though. Same
1: Kyle that got the shout out. Yeah. But <laughs> it was I really… It was so sweet, though the band we played with, the Shimmer Traps in Seattle. Yo,
0: they, they're sick.
1: They're so sick. I'm and a big fan of them. They are literally the sweetest people I've ever met. Like maybe ever. Like the guy, like the main guy, like bought like my merch and like gave me a cassette of his for free. Like just really nice people. And they gave us their cut from the show to help with Kyle's back window. Like they, no that's yeah, awesome. way. they are so nice. So like, and we did like need that. We drove like. The 12 hours back like just with trash bags over the back window because we didn't have like time to get it fixed before we left. Um, But yeah. The only thing that was stolen was um his vitamins. Uh My laptop was sitting right beneath the backpack no. that Whoa. they stole and they didn't even touch it. They must have been oh. in a rush. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> Somebody was coming for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh I'm so glad your laptop didn't yeah. get stolen. Oh. That would have like… And
1: ugh. I didn't have a password set on it at the time too so they literally would have had like my… I have a password on it now. And they would have had like (laughs) my PayPal, like, was logged in, like, all my demos, everything. Like, yeah. So. Would not have been good. They but, would have uh,
2: released the next album. Yeah. It would already be out by now. Yeah. <laughs> it would be
0: out. Uh,
2: I guess With- you just had
0: good karma. You know? yeah. yeah.
1: I guess. So honestly, Kyle… I think… Yeah. Uh, Kyle should have the best karma though. He's like the <laughs> nicest person. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that got his back window smashed into. So sad. Uh, luckily though, all of our instruments were in another car that didn't get smashed into. Yeah. So kind of crazy. But it was still fun.
0: No. I remember. <laughs> I remember when you put that on… Instagram… On your yeah. Instagram story… And I was like… Oh my gosh… Did all the gear get stolen? Because like… Yeah. You hear those horror stories… Like… Do y'all know Ginger Root? Yeah. Oh yeah. His first Europe tour… It was with Krung Bin… Which is kind of crazy… Because now oh. they've both like blown up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like that was back in like 2017 or something. Yeah. Anyways… But… Uh, the f- After the first, the first night… Their van got broken into… And all of their gear got stolen. Oh Like oh, everything shit. got stolen… Yeah. The first night of their Europe tour… Their first Europe tour ever. Yeah. That's just so terrible. Like hearing that, I'm like… Maybe I won't ever go on tour. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But anyways… The
1: the uh, area we were into was known for like car break-in. So it's a risk for sure every time. (laughs) Worth it though. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Hell yeah. Okay. I… Um, We've had you guys here for a while So we won't take too much time But I I just wanted to hear A couple more things So Just Give us like A little taste Of what we can expect On the album One thing I wanted to ask Specifically is um, Is Dreaming Scheming On the album Or is that A separate single
1: It is not It is separate Yeah I felt like it would be weird To put it on the album Since it came out So long ago now
4: (laughs) Over a year ago Like we were just talking about Which is still Um, Crazy to me
1: Yeah it's not on there
0: Okay. Which I mean, yeah, nothing wrong with that at yeah. all. But um, but like, what what can we expect? So you mentioned, you know, party person was the first track and that kind of set the tone. It there's the '80s drama again, I don't want you to spoil your own album or anything. Well, but we
1: can spoil it a little bit. You know, yeah. the fans are listening, so like, just give <laughs> them a little
0: taste, I guess. Like, what uh, what can they expect?
1: Yeah, I would expect. Well, I would say honestly that party person doesn't even like fully set the tone. It's actually the reason I didn't release another single. It's because I kind of feel like I wanted the rest of the songs to be heard just in the context of the album. Because uh, they all are… They're honestly all pretty different. Yeah. I've never really been… Even my EP, I didn't really stick to one specific sound. Um, so they're different in their own ways. But definitely a lot more guitar, like I was saying. Like I've been writing way more with guitar than I ever have in the past couple of years. So um, it's… Yeah, there's a lot of that.
4: In general, maybe comparing it to both Dreaming Scheming and the EP, we kind of added some edges in the ambience. The dreaminess that was already there before, we added some edges. Some of them are like a little like intense. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Uh, Definitely more vocal focused as well, which I'm excited about.
4: Going back to influences, I guess like one other thought to add to that. Is that was another thing that we talked about is like using Nico's voice as an instrument. We talked about Kate Bush earlier and Kate Bush does a great job of that. But you also like will listen to artists like St. Vincent is like another example So I think that those influences came into play.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's like the spectrums of influences for this album are Saint Vincent and the Beach Boys, like over here. And those are the two very different sides. A lot of intense feelings though. I do like feel this is maybe the most like vulnerable I've been with songwriting. Like it's definitely some of my saddest shit in there. Not to be like a typical like… I write sad music but like definitely… Um, I hope that people cry. I hope that people can feel some uh, some of their own feelings um, listening to, to the song. So
0: <laughs> Cool. I'm so stoked. To wrap things up, I wanted to ask both of you… Um, like what do you consider success as a musician… Um, and along with that, and in the music world, you know, as a producer, songwriter, artist. Um, and along with that, like, what are the items on the Nicole Canan music bucket list? Like, what have you not done that you want in the future? Where do you see yourself in a year? Where do you see yourselves in five years?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like, um, I listened to, I listened to the whole Backhand episode and <laughs> they, like, said a very similar thing. but like. Um, Like, truly, I feel like the dream for any musician is just being able to live off the money they make with music, obviously. Um, You, like, just hitting that point at all would be amazing. Um, And I think definitely, like, on my bucket list is opening for, like, an artist I really like on tour. Um, Like, on their tour, I think that would be, like, amazing. And, uh, yeah, but mostly, like, for the future, I just want to keep making things that are new and fresh to me, it would be awesome if we just didn't have to have jobs while we were doing it. Like me and Isaac just talk and fantasize about being able to have like a lot of time in the studio and just like that kind of freedom to really explore um, our creativity because creativity is definitely a little limited when you've got to do, you got to do your real world shit uh, to get by so that would be the the goal is just to spend like day in and out in the studio because recording for me is definitely like touring sounds amazing but recording for me is definitely my favorite part of the music process and writing yeah
0: fellow studio rats yeah i can relate yeah (laughs) yeah your answer isaac
4: i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i you know i don't know exactly what success would look like i i think like what nico said about like just like like the most like literal example of it yeah just making making a living just being able to yeah like work on your your craft all the time i guess and just um yeah have that freedom to just create that would be that would be pretty successful i think by any definition yeah
1: and like the the freedom to go like live and explore the world a little bit more to like inspire that creativity because now it's just like my life is just work music stuff exhausting so just to like not have it be so exhausting i don't know that's that's the dream for me yeah Uh, Yeah. it's great it's fun exhaustion but yeah it's a lot it's a lot when you've got other stuff
0: making a whole album in the space of a year and like working a job the whole time i completely relate to that you have to
2: sleep too Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, and
4: that gets neglected a lot, which, which isn't that, that's not helping yeah, anybody yeah. out either.
0: Yeah, you
1: get to choose to sleep or um see your friends or yeah. cook for yourself. Yeah, I've neglected the cooking, oh. I've decided yeah, that's I was gonna not say, say to eat, say. but I thought
2: that might sound too edgy. Like, no, and you like, also have to feed yourself. Like, I,
1: I do eat, but I definitely cooking <laughs> yeah. it's not on the roster right now. That's not happening, right? It's hard, <laughs> it's that yeah. very
2: yeah, difficult. It it's yeah. getting harder,
0: yeah. You mentioned. Touring as an opening act for one of your favorite artists. Yeah. Manifest that shit. Who okay. are these artists that, that you want to? Cause you know, like
1: okay, like off the top of my head, like wise blood. I was oh, like, that you. was my yeah. first. Yes. That yeah. was my- <laughs> I would love to like do a tour with um Julia Jacqueline. Been really I love her. on her shit. Yeah, for like a year. I love her stuff. Um, St. Vincent, obviously, honestly, one of my favorite artists, maybe of all time. Um yeah, just like, yeah, those are those are the the top ones that come to mind for sure. Mumford and Sons. Uh, yeah.
5: <laughs> you can open for us anytime. Yeah. Urban Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So, urban Saints yeah. is what you meant. To and say. Panic at the Disco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I would love to open for Brendan. That you would you. be. Mm, yes. <laughs> I would love to do that too. That sounds awesome. No, so- <laughs> I need to take that back. I'm going to manifest Brandon Yuri showing into my life and I don't well, yeah. want to yeah, him Yeah, wait around. a second. This is, this is
0: sacred. That- Let's not <laughs> manifest this. We're not, we're not manifesting yeah, what? Panic at the I'm Disco. I'm serious okay? about
5: Panic at the Disco. I love <laughs> 9 in the afternoon. Okay?
0: <laughs> okay, so the album is coming out on December 2nd. That's
3: true. It's we're called sure. My
0: Own Two Hands and then there's a release show at Kilby. Yeah. So, so tell us a little more about that. You know, Tell the people… the. Dates and times, openers, etc. How you yeah. get tickets.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Album will be out on Friday. Technically Thursday night at 10 p.m. If you're interested in being Maybe there. around in the New jobs. York time. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. The show is at Kilby Court. And we're having Milne and Masking opening for us. And I'm really excited. It's Milne's first show. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard um, his previous stuff. George's previous stuff. It's called The Art Show. And it's… Seriously, some of my favorite stuff that's come out of our scene, like ever. I just love he has such a cool voice and he makes really cool music. I feel I like selfishly asked him to do the show so I could go to a free uh show of his. So, um, and then is like a really cool like grunge pop and grunge pop rock. Um, they like go over different genres. Um, yeah, they're they're really sick, so it'll be a really fun show. And uh, tickets are. Online in my bio on my Instagram uh, on Kilby Court's website anywhere. Check
5: it out. What's the gram?
1: What's the gram? The gram is Nicole Canaan, but uh, my name is my last name is spelled like Canaan in the Bible because most people do not know how to spell it. So it's C-A-N-A-A-N. If you're interested, Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, but it's not Canaan. It's Canaan. Are
0: you gonna play through the album?
1: Yeah, yeah, top to bottom. Yes, Woo! yeah.
0: Those are shows. those yeah. are like my favorite shows. Release yeah. shows where they just play the album top to bottom. Yeah, That yeah.
1: is amazing. Yeah, yeah I I love that's the best that shit. I've never gotten the chance to do that because I put my EP out. Like it was COVID time. It was twenty twenty, so I wasn't doing shows or anything. So I'm excited. Yeah, and it's my first time headlining Beat too. I've only Wait, been there. for real. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've Wow.
1: I've headlined it. Um, about damn Urban. time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, it's like, it's obviously dear, dear and near to my heart, that venue. So I'm very excited.
0: Yes. And wait, how many tracks are on the album? Ten.
1: Yeah. Good amount. I think it's like 40 That's minutes long. Yeah.
0: Um, anything else you want to plug before you go? I guess those are the two big things. Uh, anything yeah. else on the horizon that uh, you want
4: the people to know about? Hmm. Is now a good time to tell them about the musical that we've been writing or
1: <laughs> The Rock Opera. The yeah. The rock opera. <laughs> uh, no, nah,
4: that's not ready yet. Never mind. <laughs> that's not no, ready. no, no. Scratch No, we're hard. really
1: taking our time to craft that. Yeah. Um yeah. No, I think that that might be it. Um Yeah, mostly just follow my Instagram. That's where I post all my stuff. Barely.
0: We'll link all that in the show notes, by the way, for Amazing. those those listening. Yay. If you awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks again, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you thanks for joining us on this episode of up here with sandy and stewie in the next episode we'll be featuring a five-piece band based out of salt lake city called the plastic cherries if you like what you've heard so far please follow and subscribe and uh maybe even leave us a review if you love it we'll see you next time